Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Praise God. Amen. Again, I appreciate Pastor Mickens and the Rio Rancho family. Amen for allowing me to come and minister the Word of God to you yet again. Amen. I believe God's going to do something wonderful tonight. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of 1 Kings, chapter number 20. 1 Kings, chapter number 20 with you. Amen. If you have the Word of God with you tonight, praise God. If you don't, pull it up on your app. Uh, amen. Whatever way you can read it. If you, ha- you don't have either, then uh, sit next to somebody who has. Amen. I'm sure they'll, they'll be glad to help you out tonight. Amen. 1 Kings chapter 20, 28, amen. Most of our Christian life, we want to experience what is called a mountaintop experience. These mountaintop experiences are the ones that we look for, we live for, we pray for. Uh, Some have experienced those, amen. Uh, The Bible is filled with them. Hills represent or mountains represent closeness to God. They represent, amen, the presence where God descends. It is a place where in Exodus chapter 3 and chapter 34, God reveals his glory to Moses. Where Moses is in a place to where he's seen God work miracles. He's seen great deliverances. He's seen seas open, famine happen, plagues take place in Egypt. But on the mountain is where he asks God to reveal his glory. God obliges him, and God puts him in the cleft of the rock, and God moves right before him, and the glory of God passes before Moses. It is there also in 1 Kings 18 where the prophet Elijah wins a massive battle, him alone. He calls unto 450 prophets of Baal, prophets of Asherah, and it was on the mountain of Mount Carmel that God demonstrated a manifesting power where fire rained from heaven and consumed a sacrifice, a great victory. It is Matthew chapter 17 in the New Testament where the transfiguration of Jesus Christ is revealed to three of his disciples. Great revelation was given to Peter, James, and John as they are there on the top of the mountain. It is the mountaintop experience where we cry out to God, great victories and closeness with God, where relationship with God and the fire of God is rekindled. How many of you have ever had a mountaintop experience? Amen. Living in New Mexico, you can go to the mountains and you can feel a separation, if you will, with the lunacy of city living. There is peace on a mountain. <laughs> Amen, there's a song that says, I got peace like a river, but I believe it should be peace like a mountain. There is tranquility on a mountain. There is separation. There is oneness, if you will. Amen, because in the city life, amen, there's a bunch of things happening. The demonic realm functions through people. And so when you're separated on a mountain, 
you are close with God and separated from the activity of demonic realms, so to speak. Jesus went to the mountain to pray, to be close with his father. These are definite things in the Bible that the Bible speaks about, but tonight I don't want to preach or hinge too much on the mountaintop experience because that's not where we all live. I want to preach a sermon on victory in the valleys. Because if we're honest tonight, the majority of our lives are spent in valley living. Can you say amen? 1 Kings chapter 20, verse 23. Then the servants of the king of Assyria said to him, Their gods are gods of the hills. Therefore they, will, they were stronger than we, but if we fight against them in the plain, surely we will be stronger than they. So do this thing. Dismiss the kings, each from his position, put up captains in their places, and you shall muster an army like the army that you have lost, horse for horse, chariot for chariot. Then we will fight against them in the plain. Surely we will be stronger than they. Oh, come on. And he listened to their voice and did so. So it was in the spring of the year that Ben-Hadad mustered the Syrians and went up to Aphek to fight against Israel. And the children of Israel were mustered and given provisions and they went against them. Now the children of Israel encamped before them like two little flocks of goats. How mighty. While the Syrians filled the countryside. Here it is, verse 28. Then a man of God came and spoke to the king of Israel and said, Thus says the Lord. You better listen when it says, Thus saith the Lord. Because the Syrians have said, The Lord is the God of the hills, but he is not the God of the valleys. Therefore I will deliver all the great multitude into your hand, and you shall know that I am the Lord. In the story here tonight, we see, amen, the, the moment of the enemy, the characteristic, if you will, of the enemy. The Old Testament gives us a physical enemy so that we can understand the spiritual side amen, with the physical attributes of an enemy. As we look here, the text is reading about the Syrians. They have been defeated once. And what's going on is the enemy is saying, okay, okay, you little flock of goats. All right, your God was the God of the hills. Okay, we'll give you that one. We know that he's the God of the hills. You know why? Because they heard about in two chapters before with, a, with Elijah calling down fire on Mount Carmel. They know that God responds on the hills. But then they begin to plot against the army of God. Can I preach tonight? And their plot consisted of fighting God's people in a valley. They begin to organize and strategize, amen, and begin to, amen, uh, uh, release all of their strategy to assault the kingdom of God in a place of valley. So what is a valley? The valley is the exact opposite of a mountaintop. The mountaintop is the highest point geographically. The valley is the lowest point. As we look at this, amen, he is saying, I am going to assault you when you are at your lowest point. The devil is no fool, somebody. He is no, amen, a person who's just kind of winging the strategy thing in the war against God. He has a strategy against you and I tonight. And the strategy consists of meeting you and I in our valleys. 
These are the low points in your life. Hello, somebody. These are the places when you feel separated from God. These are the places when you don't feel, amen, like you used to feel. These are the places where you feel dry. These are the places where you lose vision. It is the place where you lose perhaps faith. The valley is the extreme opposite of a mountain. On the mountaintop, you see the great glory of God. You see the manifestation. But in the valley, it seems as if God is hidden. The valley represents vulnerabilities. Anyone who strategizes in war understands that you have the advantage when you have the higher ground. You have the disadvantage when you are in the lower grounds. The nature of the enemy tonight is revealed when you are at your lowest. Can I preach? He strategizes. It is a demonic strategy, amen, that comes against God's people when you lose your job, when your marriage isn't going so great, when you are feeling sick on your body, when you are losing converts, when you are losing faith. This is where the enemy begins to move in his tanks, and he is strategizing, waiting for the valley moments. This is a characteristic of the enemy tonight. Listen, the Word of God reveals it in Revelation chapter 16 and 16 that the greatest Fight and the greatest victory is going to be fought and won in a valley. The valley, in the battle of Armageddon, in the valley of Megiddo, this is where the battle is going to fight. Listen, the devil operates in valleys. This is where he wants to speak into your life and begin to inject fear and doubt and unbelief so that he can take you out so you will not have a mountaintop experience. There are different valleys that we will face. The first valley many people have faced or you are facing now is the valley of Elah. There are many valleys in the Word of God, and one of them is the valley of Elah, E-L-A-H. It is found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. This one we know, amen, as one of the most common stories as we read in the Bible. In 1 Samuel 17 and 1 and, and verse 17 as well, the Bible says, And the Philistines stood, stood on a mountain on the one side. And Israel stood on the mountain on the other side. Did you hear that? Oh, I don't know, I don't know if you're hearing me tonight. Each one was at an advantage. Now listen to where the story goes. Here we see that the enemy on one hand, God's people on the other hand, each one is on the higher ground. Now the Bible says, amen, and there was a valley. Say there was a valley. Oh, listen, there is a squaring off today. And the devil, amen, is calling people and waiting for God's people to go into the valley because he knows that this is the extreme opposite of the high ground. This is where there might be a disadvantage. Okay, you'll win as long as you're having the faith experience. You'll win as long as you're getting a good bonus check coming in. Okay, you'll praise God, amen, when you're out of the storm. Oh, you'll give God praise when things are 
are going well. He said, but I ain't going to try to fight you there. I'm going to wait until the valley is coming up. And that's where I'm going to get you. I'm going to come and get you when your family's sick. I'm going to come and approach you when you lost your job. I'm going to come and approach you when your converts ain't sticking and ain't getting. I'm going to come knocking at your door because the devil ain't going to try to fight you on a mountaintop. He wants to assault you in the valley. There are people here tonight when you, you are in this valley of Elah, the valley of Elah, there is a threatening voice that is challenging you to come from your mountaintop. Here is the Philistine, amen, Goliath himself. He says, I want you to come down into the valley. He says, this is where the battle is going to go, somebody. He is calling out to the army of God. He says, is there not a man? Is there not anybody who will fight me? Everyone there on the mountaintop feeling good. Here's a portrait of Goliath. This valley is where you meet an intimidating giant. Oh, how many have ever been there? This valley is where the giant, amen, again, these are physical enemies, and they begin, they are transpired in the New Testament as spiritual ones. Amen. This valley, you'll experience extreme intimidation and fear. It is when you meet head on, amen, the enemy of your soul. I preached about the mind this morning. This incorporates the soul. In this valley, you'll begin to battle extreme mind assaults. In this valley is where you feel inadequate. It is where witchcraft begins to play against you and makes you feel small. The nature of this valley is to make the enemy bigger than you. Are you with me tonight? is to make your problem bigger than you, is to make your circumstance bigger than you. He says, I want you to meet me in the valley. Goliath stands, amen, nine feet tall, and here is, he's beckoning to God's people in this valley spiritually is a place where he will try to use, amen, witchcraft, amen, manipulation, domination, and intimidation are the elixir of witchcraft. Those three things that will get God's people to fear. Hello, somebody, don't you dare go in for God. Don't you dare try to give your offering. Don't you dare try to type. He is a bully. He is one who antagonizes God's people. He ridicules God's people and he laughs at you and he says, oh, you can do nothing here. There's nothing you can do. You might as well give up and go back home where you came from, boy. In this valley, many times people result, they resort to putting on Saul's armor and they fail. They use the Trinkets of the world and what the world provides as a solution, and they end up losing the fight in this valley. Notice with me in our text as David is there, amen, he is looking, and the Saul says, listen, you're going down to the valley, D-dog. David, Davy, little David, I listen, this is a big dude, skilled in war, he knows how to fight, he's mean, he's ugly, he's got a big shield, the shield is bigger than you, man. You need what I have to offer. Come on, somebody. In this valley, the world will try to offer you something as a temporary solution. Oh, no, no. In this valley, you need to get a second job. In this valley, you need to get what we have to provide. In this valley, you need to get, hello, somebody. You need to go off and do stuff our way. But in this valley, he'll try to intimidate and inject fear. Amen. So that you will resort to these things that Saul tries to provide. He's trying to provide a natural solution to a spiritual problem. 
This enemy will try to set the terms of battle for you. Since when does the enemy set the terms of battle? Goliath says, send me a man. He's calling the shots here. He is ruling with intimidation and fear the children of Israel. He is setting the terms and the grounds for battle. It is here where the devil wants you to fight his battle, not God's. Don't let the enemy set the terms for battle. In this valley, amen, there's an extreme, amen, fear and anxiety that will take place. Here's David as he goes. He rejects what Saul has to offer. And he realizes, I know that I'm in the valley. I know how this goes. So he goes to what God provides. What does God provide? Does he provide him a sword, a shield, a breastplate? No, not here. He provides him from the ground the simplicity of faith. It is the simplicity where David goes on what God has provided the natural rocks that God has set into order and he says get you five smooth stones amen and David goes and he uses amen what God has given him to defeat this battle in this valley there are people here tonight where this enemy is breathing down your neck he's breathing down your family's neck and he's intimidating you and he says don't you dare try to come down here and fight me I will slaughter you and your family you have no chance against me what am I a dog he will try to intimidate amen those who dare to fight him but it is the spiritual response by David that brings them the victory you know the story God guides the stone into the forehead of this giant it was in a valley is this the valley you might be in tonight is this the, bad, the valley where God begins to move upon you? God, I am not skilled in battle. I don't know how to fight. All these guys, they have their swords, their shields, they got everything. Amen. But God speaks to you. And he says, it's not going to take much. Just faith in me. Are you with me? The second valley that many people fight in is the valley of the shadow of death. The valley of Elah presents a giant. This is a spirit, an intimidating spirit, but the valley of the shadow of death is a different valley. It is found in the book of Psalm chapter 23 and 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. The same man that fought the giant is the same man who is in this valley. And he is now presented with another valley listen one valley ain't gonna have one valley in your life there are valleys and this is where the devil strategizes to meet you and i not on the mountaintop it is the valley where he strategizes look at our text first kings he says they say the syrian army they says listen their god is the god of the hills but he's not the god of the valleys this is a challenge come on somebody Oh, yeah, you're all good as long as you got the advantage. But, you know, let's fight us in the valley. Let's see who's good. The second valley is the valley of the shadow of death. The valley of the shadow of death, if you do a, a, a history, amen, study on this, uh, the bottom of the, of the valley is maybe 15 to 20 feet wide. The walls on the side, amen, the rock, the cliff that is there is about 800 to 1,000 feet high. So you know why they call it the valley of the shadow of death. This is where robbers, this is where thieves, this is where predators wait for the sheep to come on down. 
because it's an easy kill. There's nowhere to run. You got 15 to 20 feet, nowhere to hide. Walls that are about 800 to 1,000 feet high, nowhere to climb. It's a sure death if you go into the valley of the shadow of death. David is writing this and he is saying, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Only a man who has a background of shepherding will understand that. He begins to speak there. He says, I know what happens in the valley of the shadow of death. There ain't ever no sunshine there. The sun don't ever shine in the valley of the shadow of death. There ain't ever joy there. Oh, come on, somebody. There ain't ever no happiness there. There ain't never no peace there. You're constantly on guard. You see, if you've ever been in the valley of the shadow of death, you're always paranoid. Uh, I don't know if I'm preaching to anybody tonight, but if you've ever been in the valley of the shadow of death, uh, you live your life paranoid. Uh, amen. Uh, we recently had uh, some folks leave our church, uh, and there's a spirit that was released. Uh, and I experienced this valley. I experienced the wolves uh, that were growling uh, in the middle of this valley. And I can tell you, amen, sin of God, extreme paranoia tried to grab a hold of me. I'm walking through this valley and I'm thinking, who else is going to go? Who else is going to, who else is reaching in? Who else is speaking against? Who else is blasting on Facebook? Who else is coming in? It seems like everybody's going. It seems like the money's going down. Nobody's giving anymore. Nobody's tithing anymore. Hell is coming against. He's arranged and strategized his enemy to meet me in the valley of the shadow of death. But I'm here to tell you tonight, as David says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear 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 no kind of evil he is speaking something profound here because in the valley of the shadow of death a shadow is a magnification of a real object bigger than the actual thing <laughs> a shadow is always a projection it's a projection of something that is real but it seems to be bigger when oh 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 there are people here, you're walking through that valley and you've got a thousand foot walls on each side of you. You hadn't seen sunlight in so long. You pray for revival. You pray for peace. You pray for help. But you can hear the growls of the enemy daring you and challenging you to walk through there. Just one more step there, little lamb, and I'm going to have me some breakfast. Just one more little step is where the thieves and the robbers, they hide because they know you can't go anywhere. You can't run to the left. You can't run to the right. It's a sure kill. It's it's a definite kill that you cannot walk through that valley. And David is saying something profound here. He says, I've seen the valley of Elah. I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And God, you've delivered me from the valley of Elah. And I know you're going to deliver me from the valley of the shadow of death. I may not know where to go, but there's one thing I can hang on to. is thy rod and thy staff are the things. Oh, I wish I could preach. It is when money is tight. And then bills keep flowing in. Been bill collectors, boy, they don't wait on you. It's when there ain't no sunshine peering in. Oh, hello. You know, the most depressed people are those who stay out of the sun. The most depressing city, the most depressing place in America is Seattle, known for its depression rates because it's always cloudy. The highest rate of suicide in the world, in America. Because this is a place where sunshine is covered. Are you with me? There's no glory. There's no presence. It's stale. It's dark. It's damp. It's cold. 
It's a sure kill. David says something profound here. In Psalm chapter 23, David speaks about the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But then he changes his conversation. This is what happens in the valley of the shadow of death. At first you're talking about God, but then you start talking to God. <laughs> look, look at that thing. He's talking about the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He's talk, probably talking to himself. He's probably trying to say, oh, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get out of here. Verse 4 of that same text, Psalm 23, he says, Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You see, when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, no longer are you talking about God, but it changes uh, in the essence of your relationship with God in the valley of the shadow of death. Mm, mm, mm. Some people talk about God all day long, but when's the last time you talked to him? You see, until you've gone to this valley, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Until you have seen, uh, amen, uh, the prowling of the wolf staring at you. Uh, until you've seen absolutely no way out. Uh, until the enemy's knocking on your door. Until you're about to lose it all. Can I preach? Uh, until you're about to be there on your deathbed and you have nowhere else to go. Until you're up there in the hospital and you've got nothing else to do. And you hadn't seen the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, when all hell encloses around you and wants to inject paranoia, amen, is when our conversation, the essence of our relationship with God changes. We're talking about God and talking to God because God, I know as long as you are with me, the enemy will have to flee. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He says, it ain't in my stones anymore. It ain't in my rocks anymore. God, this is something that I am going to take comfort in who you are as my great and my good shepherd, your rod and your staff. You see, as long as I know that my shepherd's got a stick to ward off wolves, to ward off prey, to ward off thieves, I know I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death with all the paranoia, with all the confusion, with all the darkness, with all the dense atmosphere that there is. And I know I can walk out scot-free because my shepherd has got an object for war and he's going before me he ain't going behind me he's going before me my God is the rock and the shield of thy strength at the end of a shepherd's staff and at the end of a shepherd's rod are two different things the staff has a hook to bring you in to bring you in to comfort to keep you in the fold the rod is a tool many times that shepherds would have with nails or shards of metal at the end of it to ward off wolves. Oh, if you knew who your shepherd was. Oh! Oh! <laughs> if you knew who your shepherd was, God ain't going to be there talking to the enemy. He says, come a little closer, sucker. Just a little bit closer. Don't you dare touch my sheep. Don't you dare speak into the light. Get a little bit closer. He uses his staff. He pulls you behind him, and then he gets his rod. He says, a little bit closer. What'd you say about my church? What'd you say about them? You want them in the valley? Let me tell you something about the valley. I don't care if it has death. He defeated death. He defeated hell. He defeated the grave. And there we shall see the power of God. It is in the valley. There is a valley called Baca, found in Psalm 84, 5 through 6. Oh, we made it through the valley of the shadow of death. We got out. Who thanked the Lord? But then there's another valley. Faithful as they come, 
Bible says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, and those in whose heart are the ways of them, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. Now what is this valley? We know about the other two valleys, but what is this one? If you look the best on the biblical map, you can find this one. And against this valley, there is a template, amen, upon its entry. And on the entry of this valley, biblically in the Bible, amen, geographically, you can go look, and that template is still there. It says, situation unknown. Mm-hmm. So what is that? What is that? What do you mean, pastor? These are personal burdens that saints carry. These are personal problems that don't know nobody know about you, that you fight in this valley. Situation unknown. These are personal problems. These are things that you cry personally in your prayer closet. These are battles that nobody knows, not your wife, not your husband. These are situations that you don't talk about, that hurt, that break you down every time you're in that prayer room and every time you lay your head on that pillow. These are places of personal weeping, personal burdens that you and I carry. These are, this is the valley of loss. This is the valley of disease. The questions of why, why and how are found in this valley. This valley is a place where you ask God many questions. How did you let this happen? Why did you let this happen? These are areas of great sadness amongst the saints. There are a lot of tears in this world. That is what the, the uh, baka means. It literally means lamentation and weeping. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, cried tears. These are personal valleys. Now, I'm not talking about a physical valley. Again, we're talking about spiritual placement. Luke 7, we see the woman crying at the feet of Jesus, personal issues that come to his feet, washed his feet with her tears. These are valleys that we ask God, amen, God, how am I going to get through this? Why would you allow this to happen to me? Am I talking to anybody tonight? This is the valley where the enemy will then strategize to meet you. He don't love you. That's why he let you go through this. He don't care. He forgot about you. If he was a good God, why would he let you go through this? And our minds begin to run with it. Oh, we begin to weep and cry and beg and plead and fast and pray and read, and read, and read, and read. And this is where the devil comes to strategize to the enemy. He comes in First Kings. He strategizes in our valley moments. Then we have the valley of Achor. This is found in Joshua chapter 7, I'm closing. This is where Achan, as we know him, takes of the Babylonian garments. The valley of Achor is where God meets with those who are not doing right. Are you with me? And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver and the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had, and he brought them into the valley of Achor. 
And Joshua said, why have you troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones, burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. And they raised over him a great heap of stones until this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Wherefore, the name of that place was called the Valley of Achor to this day. This is a valley that many times you can cry out to God and say, oh God, I don't know why I'm going through this. I don't know why I don't have a, 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 a prosperity like pastors preaching. And you're in this valley and God says it's because you're not tithing. And then we can be blaming the devil in this valley. Listen to Achor, amen, Achan, he was stoned at the valley of Achor. At this valley is a place where God convicts us of sin. In this valley, you feel alienated from God. Again, a valley is the opposite of a high point. It's a low point. And in this valley, the heavens shut because of what we are doing. In this valley, amen, is where sin is present. But in this valley, there is a purging and a cleansing that is called revival. This is why we have altar calls. Because a lot of times when you're in this valley, amen, God gives us a chance like Achan to purge out. That Joshua goes, he purges out the hand of God. Amen, was now released from judgment and the fierceness of his anger in this valley once the issue was dealt with. That is the valley of Achor. Are you with me? God is the God of the valleys. I want to end with victory in the valley. Let's look at our text. The Syrians again were defeated, the Bible says. Verse 28. 1 Kings 20, 28. Then a man of God came and spoke to the king of Israel and said, Thus says the Lord, Because the Syrians have said, the Lord is the God of the hills, but he is not the God of the valleys. Therefore, I will deliver all the great multitude into your hand, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Oh, I don't know if you heard that tonight. The Bible begins to tell us about what God can do in your valley. He has not left you. I don't care what valley it is that you are walking through at the moment. I don't care what place it is. In Ezekiel chapter 37, the Bible says one of the greatest revivals recorded happened in the valley. It was the valley of the dry bones. It is a place where they're alienated from God. It is a place of separation. But it was there, my brothers and sisters, where God looked down in the valley and he demonstrated his deep concern and his almighty power in the deepest, darkest parts of the world. And he saw the driest body of believers you'll ever know. And he says, can I raise them in the valley? I'm here to declare to you tonight, the enemy don't know what God can do in the valley. The enemy wants to fight you in your valley to get you to stay there and die there. But it was there where God says, arise, oh dry bones, arise in the valley and they came to their feet the Bible says this was done in the valley I'm going to tell you son of God revivals happen in the valley you hear me oh yeah I, I said they happen in the valley revival precipices on the heels of declension 
It is in the valley that many times when we think this is as low as I can get, that God says, oh, you haven't seen how high I can lift you now. It is where God begins to move. Uh, one of the greatest, I started this evening, amen, the greatest battles and the end of all battles uh, is going to take place in Revelation 16, 16 in a valley. And this is going to be the greatest victory where all the kings are going to gather together, where all princes are going to gather together, amen, and all the spirits, the demonic realm is going to gather and guess where they want to fight God. We are looking at the nature of the enemy. He has not changed. He thinks that he can win God in a valley. I said he thinks he can win God in a valley. But I'm here to declare to you that God is going to smoke him once and for all. And it's going to happen in a valley. That God says, go ahead. I'm going to smoke you wherever you are. Don't you dare come up the mountain, boy. You won't make it that high. I'm going to go down and I'm going to smoke you in the valley. And you're going to know once and for all as Jesus descends in the clouds with on his side, King of kings and Lord of lords, coming down with the great army and in the valley, it's going to be a showdown like James Brown putting you upside down. Amen. That in the valley, God is going to come down and wipe from the face of the earth the enemy once and for all. Don't worry about the valley. How you doing? Well, oh, I'm getting through there, Pastor. Oh, you're in that valley, huh? Revival happens in the valleys. You hear me? Revival happens in the valleys. We live for the mountaintop moments, I know. We live for those times. The refreshings, the closeness to God, the revelation that these men saw on the mountaintops. But if we're honest, the majority of our Christian walk is done in a valley, trudging through step by step, enemy after enemy, fear after fear. And God is saying something profound, that it is there will I cause the greatest revival you'll ever know. Ezekiel prophesies through the bones, Ezekiel 37. And God says, I have not forgotten those in the valley. Do you hear me? He says, I hadn't forgotten those in the valley. Prophesy there, son of man. Prophesy to these bones. And as he looks across the valley, there lies a cold, dead, dry church. Amen. Where ain't nobody has ears. Ain't even listening. But God says, it is my word that will cause them to come to their feet. It ain't too far gone. This is a place where I will meet you. Can I tell you here tonight that God will meet you in the valley you're walking through? It may be in the valley of Elah. It may be in the valley of Achor. It may be in the valley of Amen. That we talked about the valley of the shadow of death. But can I tell you that God wants to turn these valleys into revival places, pools of blessing where God can move in the deepest, dampest, darkest place in your life where God says he comes in like a flood and he brings up a mighty work. The Song of Solomon describes Jesus as a lily in the valley. This means that there is beauty in the darkest places of your life that God can bring a great revival and a great awakening. I don't care how despair, I don't care how lost, I don't care how broken, I don't care how hurt, Amen. How discouraged, how disgruntled, how so far gone. God says, I can meet you there in this place. I'm going to prove to the enemy that I am too the God of the valleys, not only of the hill, but of the valley. And this is where I'll raise my mighty army in the last day. It is in the valley. They will come out. Amen. Lifting their voice in victory. You can have victory in the valley. As their heads are bowed and their eyes are closed in the presence of God tonight. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. 
So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.